Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solution to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Ettini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. Welcome to another episode. And today we are going now again round round the globe and we are headed to Rwanda where we're having a wonderful innovative startup who is trying to transform the mobility sector. Not only in Rwanda but in all over the region possibly the continent. And we are here with the co-founder and Chief Technical Officer Alp Tilev. Thank you so much Alp for being here. Very nice to be here Sam. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be on this podcast. Thank you Alp and it's really exciting what you are doing, especially now we are in the in the decade of the the last decade maybe for humanity. If the the worst provision they are there, I was reading that we will reach 1.5 in the next two three years. So electrification is really a key, and your solution and the work you are doing is going there. Before that, I want to know a bit about you. I mean, who is Alp? Uh, how you have become a leader and a leader in this sector, in the mobility sector? My background really is, is in, in software. So I, I studied software engineering and, and have been working in, in the software space throughout kind of the early part of my career. I was a software engineer for uh, working in this, this startup called Fast Search, which got bought by Microsoft. Did many things at Microsoft, great place to work, learned a lot, had fantastic colleagues, but there was always this kind of um, itch. Uh, Around, uh, around doing something uh, around uh, the, the, the more important problems, I guess, that I, that I saw were, were, were there, specifically around uh, renewables and also equity and, and access to, to certain, uh, let's say, um, technologies and, 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 let's say, dignity of, of living in humanity. Uh, so I don't know, that itch maybe came from the fact that, you know, my father was working in renewables uh, for, throughout his career, setting up wind, the first wind uh, turbine plants in, in Turkey, and, and my grandmother's also a deep ecologist, so maybe these kind of seeds were set in me from my early childhood, but uh, it always seemed to me that, you know, the, the fact that we're so many people doing so many uh, things on this planet, you know, sustainability seemed like an obvious problem that we were not really solving uh, and just kind of a one-way trajectory for, for growth and uh, economic uh, development. Um, and so I figured, you know, that there's, there's far more important problems that require my attention and, and having, you know, little control over things over my life, except, except where I put my attention, I figured I needed a to apply that where I cared most. And, and that was early on in, in solar energy uh, here in Rwanda. That, that's what brought me here, working um, with a small uh, private company called Great Lakes Energy that were, was doing basically um, installing solar power systems in, in rural health centers uh, across the country, uh, which was uh, immensely uh, challenging, but also immensely uh, satisfying experience and uh, which kind of I used as the, the kind of the let's say the building blocks for learning power systems and, and batteries and battery technology and, and power uh, electronics uh, and combining that with my kind of software and, and uh, skills, we, we started building some platforms for monitoring these uh, remote power systems as they were often prone to failure, even though they're off grid, they're prone to failure um, just simply because no technology is perfect. And uh, generally the, 
if it's not built well for the user, the technology is not, not last. Uh, and so those are very important early learnings uh, for me in, in the first uh, two years working there. And it was immensely uh, satisfying to, to see the, the cha changes that these systems brought. The equity in, in healthcare, that's extremely important. That, um, something that was very far for us, those living in Europe where Vermont hospital is um, a few walks away and then everything is very well equipped and we don't have to worry about <laughs> very fundamental issues like whether uh, you, you can receive proper healthcare due to whether there's electricity or not. Um, during that journey, I um, met my co-founder, Josh Whale, uh, uh, who was, had this crazy idea. This is in, in 2016 of, uh, let's say, May, you know, came to our office in the solar energy company and said, you guys, can you put uh, solar on top of our, uh, these, these stations, charging stations we're going to build? And, and, and what are these charging stations for, we asked. Uh, they're for electric motorcycles. Um, and they're like, are you, are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> We're here, uh, and you're going to bring electric motorcycles here? That, that sounds a bit whack. Uh, who is this crazy guy? Um, was my first response. Like, these guys are mad. Uh, electric motorcycles are extremely expensive, uh, right? That's what we knew. Um, they are a very high-end product, generally, for, like, the very uh, zero motorcycles and, and Harley-Davidson and you know, the Alta Motors. These are the companies that were, like, pioneering, let's say, um, performance electric two-wheelers and so we were very puzzled on how this is actually something that can work and especially in, in, in our rural african context <laughs> i can't imagine exactly exactly where the, where the buying power is extremely low and where the the conditions are extremely harsh so how is this how how can you have a very robust product uh with and sell that to people that have, have little to no no income that is interesting. You know, you said you have the tech technology, uh, you know, you know, the Turkish background and then, you know, the, 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 the Microsoft, the work that you have done in the software. And then you, you came to Africa. And I really like what you said. You know, you, you started realizing here the problems also and also if the, the, the equality and how also to access and the problems that also the people had. And one of them, I want to talk about this because when this guy came, your co-founder now, came and said, hey, I want to do electric motorcycle. And what is the problem that he was trying to solve? And then, of course, now we will go to the story because that is how the success story we can say that you have done now so far. Yeah, and, and, and that was a very interesting, uh, let's say, opening to the transition to, to the problem because at that point in time, yes, we, in, in, in most African cities, you see a lot of uh, two-wheelers that are, um, that you probably haven't seen anywhere else. These, these vehicles, uh, like uh, generally uh, of a certain CC uh, engine capacity, they're, they're everywhere. They're, they're all over the place. They're running uh, deliveries. They're carrying people. They're basically the public transportation system, right? And also here in Kigali, there's, there's you know, there's the first thing I noticed, like, what are all these motorcycles? What, what I've never even heard of this brand. What, what is this? Uh, they're being used for, for, for taxi and it's quite practical. They're just flying all over the, the city and they're super easy to get around with. And so once you started digging, digging in and we asked Josh, like, so how is this a business? How are, like, what is, what is your product cost? Like, how do you make this a business? Like, these things are inherently very expensive. And so we started talking about it. He's like, actually, no, like he, in China, the, the electric mobility revolution has already happened. Uh, and it's then there, there's extremely low cost two wheelers 
all over the place. And, and Josh was living in Beijing uh, for the past, uh, before that, I think four years. Uh, so he had seen kind of bicycles turn into electric scooters overnight with these extremely low cost products that, that were solving probably one of the world's largest mobility problems of, of moving probably a huge number of people uh, on very, very low cost um, uh, vehicles all over major cities in, in, in China. So he had seen that and he's like, why isn't this supplied? It's not like this is a high end product. There is low cost uh, because of the scale at that this has happened in China. Now, now these, these components and products are actually, the price has, is, is very uh, achievable. So that was news to me. I didn't know any of that, of that information at that time until we, we had a conversation. And over a couple of beers and, and, and meals, uh, we, we kind of started looking at the numbers. I'm like, this is very intriguing to me. This is very, uh, it brings together many of my favorite things uh, in life. Uh, it brings together uh, sustainability. It brings together um, mobility. I, I love motorcycles. I enjoy riding them uh, personally. I, uh, there is an impact story there that brings, brings uh, equity to a very large population potentially. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's all my favorite things all in one place. So, so we lo started looking at the numbers, trying to put together a business model and, and, and putting some assumptions. And, and I just started helping out because I really wanted to see this happen. I think that there was something as I dug into it, to see that there is actually uh, a viable product here and, 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 and value created uh, for the customers. This, this is not something that's uh, a fancy, uh, we'd like to say making shinier things shinier. Uh, it, it is not that, it is, it's very, very utilitarian, yet it is also a huge value proposition potentially for our customers. Definitely, and I, I can see, you know, our experience here uh, where I'm sitting in town, full of motorbikes. Everybody is jumping on a motorbike and some of the parcel is there. Uh, sometimes you jump there because it's faster to go on a motorbike than being stuck in traffic. And then now Ampersand was born. And can you tell a bit how you are trying to, to solve the, the big problem and then which is your model and also the, the great benefits because that's some we are rented, but we can even discuss more. So yes, like, like you said, um, as we dug in a little bit deeper and, and we understand it that, you know, look, we can make this work. We can, our major value proposition, the major problem that we were trying to solve is that can we make riding electric cheaper than riding a petrol vehicle? That is the fundamental um, question that we set out with. Like, can we make this not a decision about your your beliefs about climate change and, and the environments? Can we uh, make this just purely about economics? And that's how we set out to answer the question. If we can make a product that provides an equivalent solution to the existing, the incumbent, the, the internal combustion engine vehicle out there, that makes it cheaper, better to use. It just happens to be electric, then everybody wins. Definitely. Now, this is, I think, the key, because if you want to work with people, and we know the Boda Boda sector, for example, it is the bottom of the pyramid. Those are people, you know, it is not the fancy people that they want the upsin, but, you know, you have to convince the economic. And then, of course, the positive externalities. Exactly. These are not guys, the early adopters or anything. They're, they're looking to put food on the table, send their kids to school, have, you know, have an income and have dignity uh, in life. Uh, and and they're not looking to take risk uh, at all. And for us, that's also a huge responsibility because 
whatever product that we were putting out there that this this is we don't have a lot of second chances right we, this is not something that we can really play around with uh, because this is an income income generating product and and if we fail people won't won't uh, won't just take us seriously because because this is this is the bread and the butter of a huge population in the country and in the region. We went out with the crazy idea, create some business models, started uh, raising money. We got some seed funding from some uh, really nice people in, in, in the United States, huge fans of our first funders. And, and we've uh, started building some prototypes like to answer the question, can we make fundamentally uh, some sort of technological product that is solves, you know, meets the requirements of of this vehicle that they're using today, which is not a very fancy vehicle. It's a very much a very basic vehicle that, but is very robust. And can we achieve a certain range uh, and reliability with um, a battery pack and that's swappable? So we went and built a few prototypes. We did customer interviews. We we checked out um, uh, what ranges we can achieve. What's what? How much fuel they use? How do they refuel? Got all the information around the user that we could. And try, and then went to try to make um, a small commercial pilot of small swap stations where there's actually transactions. So before it was just prototypes, and we we're just getting drivers to ride these vehicles and work uh, without actually um, paying for anything. So it was just more like getting the technology, understanding if the technology was feasible at the time to do this at a specific price point. And then it's it's really interesting. And how how now? Uh, you know, you have this uh, swap station. Yeah, so so basically, fast forward to today, um, we did several kind of uh, steps and iterations on the product to get where uh, it needs to be. And what we did was primarily remove the upfront cost of the battery from the users. And we have a vehicle that's as, as, as similarly powerful, very nice to ride, you know, electric, the power of electric, um, smooth. Quiets uh, and people, for people spending 12 hours on a vehicle, this is these these kind of things make a difference and uh, cost the same as as their uh, internal combustion uh, brother. Uh, but the battery, you get one battery uh, with the vehicle, and you can go to any of our swap stations and swap these batteries, and you pay as much as the energy you've used in these batteries. So these drivers are already used to topping up the fuel multiple times a day, and so we're like, what is that experience like? And how can we make our experience similar to that experience where they can come and, and in one minute, two minutes, they get a fresh new battery and off they go. And we found that actually that, that is an experience that is uh, very translatable. And so now um, we've gone on our third iteration of our product um, where we have um, 11 plus three in Kenya now, um, swap stations we're launching in Kenya uh, this month, uh, or we'll, we've by this time this airs, we will have launched in Kenya. And we do over a thousand swaps a day, like uh, with over 300 customers on the road who are not early adopters. Uh, these are people that have had a petrol bike or have sold their petrol bike and have come to buy our vehicle now. And, and we offer them uh, an extremely reliable battery. Our battery uh, that we've now worked very hard on that we built ourselves uh, and spend a lot of energy on is, is the most critical element of, of the product as the technological officer. That's kind of my key focus to, to build that pack that is like petrol, where the user does not have to think about anything that it provides. It is a black box and it, it is reliable and you can trust it uh, as much as you can trust the gasoline in your, um, in your fuel tank. And so we've now have a product that we, we, our drivers can drive 70,000 kilometers without issue, without, with zero issues. And we, we see these numbers today, uh, which is more than any petrol engine will ever 
achieve. You know, you'll have to change the oil multiple times. Uh, you'll have to adjust your valves multiple times. You'll have to get a new timing chain. Um, you'll have to do all this work on, you'll have to clean your carburetor multiple times uh, to get to a 7,000 kilometer on a 150cc vehicle. And these drivers, these drivers drive immense amounts a day. They 150 kilometers on average per day on that vehicle. So the number of kilometers that we've been getting is, is pretty insane. It's like a million kilometers a month uh, on a cumulative, and it's only, you know, going uh, upwards. And, um, and people love the product, but we, we, we're basically um, sold out. Uh, everything that we've had to build in this build, uh, um, we're going to be selling out already our next build. Um, yeah, and we're really eager to, to put more of the product out there. It's very interesting. And I can recall because also for the work I'm doing and the project, we have many motorbikes and they're always broken. The carburetor, the things, the others, and the huge maintenance cost. I cannot imagine how saving all these costs is changing and transforming lives. And I, I want to ask a question before going to the impact stories, because this is also what people ask. Do they pay as go, as you say, you know? And if you have to compare with fuel and everything, which is the savings, the savings that a driver can do, somebody that is here outside the road can do? So the vehicle costs um, roughly the same as a petrol uh, incumbent. And generally they get that on financing. Some of the financing we do, some of the financing we work with external financing partners that basically just give the loans out to these drivers that they basically pay back slowly over generally 18 months or, 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 or 24 months. Then on the saving side, we allow the drivers to save close to 30% of what they would be spending on gasoline. And as the gasoline prices go up, the fuel prices go up. You know, we're, we even have an even better value proposition these days. It's, it's even stronger than that. Um, and then on top of that, overall in the year, if you take around maintenance costs of uh, internal combustion, the oil changes with these number of kilometers, all the, all the things that you need to, to add up, um, the cost go, goes closer to 40% uh, overall uh, in, in these savings. And so, you know, it's really a, a no-brainer for anybody, uh, for our customers to, to, to go electric because of this. And, and they're able to either work less or they're able to send their kids, pay their school fees, get less loans. And the, you know, the impact stories is, is very, very powerful because these guys work so hard. And I say guys mostly because it is a largely male dominated sector. Uh, and, and they work so hard to provide for their families and you know, get upwards mobility in the socioeconomic status. And, and they work tirelessly 12 hours a day on average, day and night, really, with so little thin margins on what they're able to take home every day, that that 30%, that 40% is, is massive for them. Uh, and we've seen the story uh, unfold in, in front of us uh, where, where everyone is, we, we spent zero dollars on marketing to this date, um, zero on, on advertising to this date. We've never run a commercial uh, ever, um, but we've sold out all of our product um, simply uh, because, yeah, we're very lucky in, in that regards. Word of mouth, our customer is our best salesperson and our best marketer. How, how do you solve the range? You know, when we're discussing and also with others, range anxiety. Is it this problem in Africa? Actually, it's, it's funny. It's not. Um, it's a very different uh, user experience in that regard. Um, when we were first starting off, uh, Josh, uh, my co-founder, was, was they were... They were sitting uh, at a gas station, just counting the number of motor taxis coming in with respect to the rest of the traffic uh, coming in. 
Uh, and within like, let's say a three hour time period of counting, okay, car, motorcycle, motorcycle, car, motorcycle. The number of times a, a motor taxi driver came in pushing his motorcycle because he's run out of fuel was like 10%. <laughs> and that's with gasoline with fuel stations everywhere. And you can have a tank that can give you, you know, you can fill it up and get 300 kilometers. The problem, but the fact that our user was already putting in one liter at a time and without a working fuel gauge and just like shaking the bike to understand how much fuel there is sloshing around in the tank. Like they, they were already living at the razor edge of, of that range anxiety. Yeah, you see people pushing petrol bikes because they live on, on, on just putting that just enough fuel uh, into the fuel tank for every single, nobody is filling up that tank and riding the whole week. It's just not the user's behavior. And which helped uh, in our situation because we didn't have to create behavior change around, let's say, filling your fuel tank once in a week and then just driving and not thinking about that to like, let's say, if you go electric, maybe you have to charge a vehicle every single day. The, the actual, the behavior was so similar from the get-go that that actually made it very easy to, for people to adopt our product and not be actually too, too worried to have to swap two or three times a day. Like they were completely okay with, with, with that change and be, that well, it was not really a change. It was basically kind of very similar to what they were already doing. You might actually even save time because instead of going 10 times to the petrol station, that's why, you know, at the bottom of the pyramid, I've seen, I've seen many times when, uh, when getting on the motorbike, my experience, and then they tell me, okay, can you pay in advance the fare? So we go to the petrol station. <laughs> I, I totally understand. And, you know, going electric, it might be you have to swap one or two times in a day. is even better <laughs> than, than going there. And, you know, I want to ask maybe, can you tell something that really impressed, some stories that I don't know if you have, uh, somebody that you have met, something that it really, and, and also the benefit, because, you know, I also want to make understand the people on the other side. Okay, this is an innovation that is a win-win also from the environment and, and also the, the positive externalities. There's so many stories. Uh, so many of our drivers are early drivers. So there are first 20 early adopters that they took such a big risk, you know, by, I get emotional just even like about it. But... Yes, definitely. No, I can imagine. <laughs> you know, we couldn't fail them, right? Like we had to give something where it was, it was working. And uh, some of those guys that were like our early adopters are now actually our employees. They now work with us. There are test drivers, there are teachers, there are like driver trainers, there are, there are salespeople, um, there are mechanics. Um, so many of those, those first 20 drivers are now actually part of the Ampersand family that we've like, we work together every single day and we talk about the product every single day and, and they are our champions. And, and it's really cool to, and exciting to, see that like it's it's very satisfying i can understand because as you said sometimes it's the same with the people when you propose a technology the risk is on the people and those are not people early adopter that they need the fancy phone and then okay if it's not working they get another one and er if you fail the motorbike the children are not eating somebody is not going to school so it's really i, I can feel the pressure and the work and that's why the success story of Amperson needs to be like seen and heard everywhere because you have really transformed lives at the bottom of the period, creating jobs, because I'm sure you are creating a lot of jobs in maintenance, in work, of the batteries, and also technology transfer. 
because this is the real technology transfer that we need out in our continent to get a sustainable economy. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the, one of the fundamental principles that, you know, Ampersand is, is headquartered in Kigali. We all live and work here. We have over 170 staff as of today uh, working in, in these jobs. We have a factory where we're building these electric vehicles. We're building these battery packs. This is the first factory in some Saharan Africa uh, of its kind, building a custom lithium-ion smart battery pack for, for the mobility. We didn't take any shortcuts. We couldn't take any shortcuts. Um, we also wanted to create the technology for the people with the people um, here on the ground and, and not just have something made and, and brought in uh, outside uh, because we know the challenges and, and, and we don't want a bad product where there's no ability to maintain it. There's no ability to, to learn from it. Uh, some sort of black box technology that you might drop in. And if it doesn't work well, you lose the, the, the trust on electric um, because we don't have the opportunity to come back again. This has happened a little bit in the, some, some solar area in the early days in the solar sector with poor, very poor quality products coming in and very bad user experiences where people says, ah, solar don't work, solar doesn't work. Solar works fantastically. It's just that the user experience and the product needs to be well made. And now we're getting to that position. But in the early point in the orders, early in the solar kind of adoption, that was a major problem of very, very cheap products flooding the market um, and, and uh, creating very bad user experiences where the, the trust uh, and, and the user uh, trust was lost. And that takes years and years to then recover uh, after that. I cannot agree more. That is the how you should do also proper project, project a proper investment on a fair level and bringing top-notch quality and products because with solar uh, even in my experience said the same you know ah, solar does not work two days the battery is gone yeah no it's because that is a very cheap and disastrous product <laughs> i want to ask you Alp, where is this journey taking you what is the way forward for ampersand i mean you told you are opening i mean yeah, you are here in in kenya now okay we want you to expand all over the country eh? where is are you taking this dream well, we want to take it as, as, as far as it can go. Um, we want to uh, uh, really expand and make this technology available for um, many other countries beyond uh, Rwanda and Kenya. You know, Uganda, East Africa is our pr primary target uh, right now, where we have a huge number of, of these vehicles and only growing, uh, not going becoming less, growing 50% year over year, immense number of vehicles being sold. To be able to just give 1% or, 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 you know, 10% of that is, is a vast, vast number. Um, and, and we really need to, to scale it, scale this up. Um, right now we're talking about in the, in the thousands of vehicles this year, and you know, that we need to get to 10,000s of vehicles this year. We're building up our production capabilities uh, here uh, in, in Rwanda and in Kenya, uh, doing just more and more um, integration uh, work to really de-risk uh, and let the, the business scale up. So the factories are just getting bigger, the more and more raw material uh, to product is happening uh, with vertical integration. It's, it's all very capital in intensive as well. So we need, uh, you know, need capital to flow into this, but you know, in, in comparison to a lot of things, actually the capital needed is, is minuscule. I like to think about, you know, Elon Musk buying Twitter for 44 billion. We could, you know, all of the motorcycles would be electric with that kind of capital. It, it, like it's just, you have to make it happen and, and it's very possible. And we've shown that it can be done. 
Um, and it's now about scaling that up. So we're very excited for the for the next few years where we're, we're you know building more and more. And thank you. And this is something also give us hope. You know, when we read the reports from the UN or other, we say, okay, we don't have time. And but then people like you, they are working on the ground, and you know, to reverse and, and give possibility. They are good for the planet. They are good for the people, and also. They are a profitable company. So that is that is where businesses needs to be. I want to ask the last thing, you know, people from all over the world are listening to us. I mean, our listenership is from the US to, to others. I want to ask you, what is your final message and call to action that you want to give to the audience? I mean, I always say this, these are, these are problems that are not going to be solved by some magic force. Like uh, we control our attention and we control where, how we, and, and, and what we spend our time on. There's jobs for everybody to contribute in these sectors. And, and I'm seeing that more and more now, more and more people are interested and they want to be a part of the solution. And that's very, very, very feasible. Um, there, there's, there's potential uh, to have meaningful work where you're solving meaningful problems and contribute to fight against preserving our, our planet having equitable and, and without an equitable society and on living on and preserving our planet, um, which is our home. So work, find jobs and green energies, put your put your energy to the things that that matter to all of us on, on this planet together. So that's my call to action. Wonderful. And this is a wonderful one. We all and we are also trying with this podcast to try to spread messages and positive messages now, especially in, the, in those times. Thank you so much, Alp, for your time. And I'm sure I would love to hear you again, maybe in one year time to see where have you been? Where have you been and where are you, have you gone? Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Alp. I hope so. Um, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.